Ladies and gentlemen, good day from London and welcome to the FNA talk, a technology update with FNAers and friends. My name is Adam Chabai and it is my pleasure to guide you through this series. At FNA Talks, we are drawing on the expertise and experience of key fintech, regtech, and subtech authorities to discuss the trends and developments defining the technology and the innovation landscapes. In today's episode, we will focus on what is most certainly one of the key themes of 2020, and we are going to discuss how to maintain resilience at a times of systemic disruptions. I'm very pleased to say that we are joined by a seasoned practitioner who is extremely well equipped to talk about this topic from the perspective of one of the world's largest and the most systemically important financial market infrastructures. John Hagen, Chief Operating Officer at CLS International. John, welcome and thank you for joining us at the FNA Talk. Adam, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. Good to be here. Thank you very much, John. Uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, another question that our listeners will be uh, particularly interested in is uh, whether the COVID-19 crisis has changed your approach to business resilience. Uh, could you please highlight for us the key lessons that you have learned in relation to systemic disruptions and the processes and procedures for tackling their impact? Sure, happy to. Um... So look, I don't, I don't think in the immediate term it, it's had any bearing. We, we had plans that were uh, contemplative of a pandemic in so much as we envisaged remote working. We had to make some changes and adapt as I talked to earlier, but essentially our plan was fit for purpose to enable us to continue and carry on. And as has been evidenced by the market continuing to operate, I think most institutions' plans have served that purpose. But clearly, um, there's been some lessons learned. Everyone had a business continuity plan, but none of those plans contemplated remote working of the scale and duration we were experiencing now, as I alluded to earlier. If I think about 9-11, which was a, one of those game-changing moments for resilience in the way we think about it, we all developed regional resilience capability with people and technology globally dispersed in order to mitigate against the impact of a regional disaster, as was the case in 9-11 in with the impact it had on New York and the surrounding area. But this pandemic has turned all of that on its head to some extent. So I, I, I think about, well, what if all the regions where you have staff are contaminated? What purpose will business continuity offices serve if you have no people to relocate them, relocate to them and the area they're in is contaminated. So in my view, um, and I think this will be our organizational and FMI view as we move forward, operational resilience and business continuity in the future will still be about regionally resilient technologies, absolutely. But when I think about real estate and physical premises, including business continuity offices, oh, I genuinely think these will be less important. I think they'll be replaced by a model where most staff work remotely so that we have enough critical workforce isolated 
in the event of a contamination of the scale that this pandemic has created occurring again. Thank you, John. Uh, one of the key variables uh, shaping the work of the financial market infrastructures is their uh, relationship with the authorities that oversee them. What do you think uh, will be the implications of the COVID-related disruptions for coordination and collaboration between the FMIs and their overseers? So for me, and I touched on this earlier in one of my responses, you know, this crisis has yet again reinforced the need for robust planning and, and rapid responses by not only FMIs, but the regulators, the central banks, the government, the overseers generally. And I think in terms of oversight, um, the overseeing authorities will need to ensure that stress testing by the FMIs and the banks continues to contemplate the most extreme of scenarios. You know, this CV19 experience has, has demonstrated the significance of that. What was extreme but plausible has now just become reality. Uh, and I candidly don't think anyone could have foreseen what's just played out. Who would have envisaged a scenario where we would consciously, globally, shut down the economy? It, it's just unthinkable um, pre-2020. Pre so this really will be a defining year for me. In terms of collaboration between the FMIs, this has generally been very good anyway. Um, I can only see that continuing, particularly with respect to operational and cyber resilience. In terms of collaboration amongst the authorities, the overseers, the regulators, the central banks, however you want to define them, it's worth pointing out, and I do think this does differentiate CLS from other FMIs, we are somewhat unique in that we are overseen by a college of central banks from all over the world. So we are globally regulated as opposed to regionally. So collaboration and coordination in a CLS context, at least, is generally very strong, and I see that continuing. This does differ, I think, in other asset classes and market sectors where many financial institutions, I've heard them say this, are having to navigate and respond to disparate levels and standards of regulation and enforcement, which is suboptimal. So again, you know, maybe this pandemic will address some of that and, and force us all to think about how we can collaborate more and cooperate more globally uh, and not just get ensconced in, in regional and national perspectives, which frankly, uh, th this pandemic has, has thrown completely up in the air. Uh, based on this uh, still very recent or even current experience, uh, which sources of systemic disruptions should the financial market infrastructures and overseers focus on as a priority going forward? So, um, you know, banks typically plan for financial events or physical outages. That, that's just been our DNA for as long as I can remember. And it's been, it's been our DNA as an FMI. But this current crisis has been a human one, as well as a financial and, and, and physical one. Um, the next crisis might be very different still. Who knows? Um, Key financial market players, whether they're banks, asset managers, FMIs, whoever, I think are likely to be pushed to plan for an expanded list of scenarios, including some that will appear really, really remote. Um, but then, as I said earlier, a scenario that has shut down most of the global economy seemed remote three, four months ago. And, and here we are in 2020, having consciously brought that about. 
what we've observed um, in CLS, and I've heard this, you know, from other um, colleagues and participants in the marketplace, there has been an uptick in security breaches. Um, I must stress, none at none at CLS. We've not had any such uh, breaches in our history, by the way, let alone during this uh, crisis. We have seen an uptick in phishing attacks, as the industry has. So, phishing attacks via email, looking to exploit credentials, harvest credentials, etc find ways in uh, to do damage. And, and I do think remote working and people being separated from one another, and some of the challenges I said earlier about controlling things beyond your perimeter, have, have I think incentivized the, uh, the attack actors uh, and those malicious individuals and, 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 um, and actors in the marketplace to elevate um, their you know, determination to um, attack and uh, manipulate and, and deny service etc so I, I do think there will be a heightened focus on the controls relating to insider threat and collusion and i do fully expect new regulatory standards to impose on the industry akin to what happened after 9 11 where there were white papers and uh, and regulation and guidelines set in train that redefined the way we think about um crisis planning and, and i fully expect that's the experience we're going to have post-COVID-19. Uh, thank you, John. Let us conclude with uh, something of a uh, conceptual question that, however, many of our listeners will have to ask in the coming weeks and months. How do you see the future of work changing in finance in response to the current pandemic? Yeah, you've saved, for me, you've saved the, 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 the best question to last and the most, the most interesting in some respects. And I, I'm both uh, depressed and excited about the future of work. I'm, I don't mind sharing with, uh, with listeners. I'm 54 years old. I've been in the industry for 36 years, 25 of those years at CLS. I've always worked in an office. I've always worked with people. I've always had the ability to interact intimately with people formally and informally in the office environment and that's all changed it's just been redefined and i don't think there's any going back so there'll be many like me that will have to embrace this new this new way uh, but i believe the way we used to work is forever changed uh, in the near term i think the focus will be predominantly on safety as it should be social distancing will be the new norm It'll be enforced initially, but a bit like seat belts were for cars many years ago. People will get used to that new way of, of operating in the office and outside of the office. Um, there'll need to be much more flexibility with respect to the workplace and office hours. Colleagues are going to want to commute outside of traditional rush hour periods to avoid close contact. I think more people are going to choose to cycle, walk or ride to work if they can um, or run. Um, again, in order to avoid public transport. So that, I think, is the short term. In the medium term, I think the need for enhanced remote working, including communication and collaboration tools, will be vital um, to ensure connectivity amongst colleagues. Um, I also believe there'll be much more heightened focus on mental and physical well-being and the need for an enhanced HR support model uh, in the context of that. The long term's a little, a little harder to predict as it always has been, but it's clear that remote working is here to stay with many colleagues, I think, coming into the office, primarily to focus on meeting and engaging with their colleagues rather than 
to come to a place of work uh, and sitting at their desk. So this will have an implication on the need for office space. I think that need will reduce. I, 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 this is the depressing part for me. I think the city and Canary Wharf is going gonna, is gonna to change and going to be unrecognisable from, from what it once was. We will see how that looks in reality. I think there's going to be less travel because there's going to be less need for it. And I don't think colleagues are going to want to do it. So, you know, our whole way of working uh, is going to adapt uh, to what will be the new normal, uh, as people are referring to it. And I think some people will cope well and naturally with that. Others will find it a real challenge and there'll probably be a whole load of people in between somewhere on that spectrum. Many thanks for your response, John. Even though we could carry on and continue this conversation, this is unfortunately all we have time for today. So thank you very much for your time. You have provided us with some great insights into an extremely important and timely topic and equipped our listeners with a series of very useful practical takeaways. So thank you very much again for joining us at the FNA Talk. Adam, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. I hope, I genuinely hope listeners have. Many of them will know a lot of this already, but I hope they've got some insights and perspective um, that will stimulate thoughts and ideas and, uh, and such within their own environment, both personally and professionally. So I hope, I hope they've found it useful. And again, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, it's our pleasure, John, and I'm sure uh, this will be very useful for our listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, many thanks to you for your attention. If you happen to have any questions or comments, for John or I, please let us know on social media or write to us on adam at fna.fi. I very much look forward to reconnecting soon for another FNA talk. And in the meantime, have a good day, stay safe, and goodbye.